This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Can uh, Can't stall this any longer, Tanner. No, apparently you can. This is an A to B conversation. Reading web comics. <laughs> Your fault for letting me have a computer. Oh yeah, you don't need that computer. I'd like you to turn it off. No, I'm looking at my notes here. Right. One, two, three, four. Four notes. Four notes. Two burns of the week. Two tearful moments. Wow. Well, we're going to be relying on that a lot. I. You know what? Baby Nation, I did not like this book very much. <laughs> okay. Anne, if you're listening, uh, we're going to cut what he just said, but Anne, if you're listening, uh, just go ahead and skip forward 30 seconds. <laughs> Jack, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to just say whatever you need to say about this book. Okay. Without Anne or uh, J- John Jonna Beecham or Malcolm Hillgartner hearing what you had to say. Yeah, Anne, Malcolm, and... Jana? Jana. Um, please just skip forward 30 seconds. Um, okay, this is a safe space. This is a safe space. It's just you and me here, Tanner. Well, apparently it's just me. You're, what are you, are you like looking for a way out? Why are you... Tanner's deliberately putting his beer down very loudly on the table so that we won't be able to use this audio. These aren't the conditions I work under. Wait, no, this is only... Oh, you don't have a coaster. But listen, here. I don't have a coaster. Look, I don't have a sunray. I don't have a Tomoyo. 30 seconds, shit, I only probably have 10 seconds. I didn't like this book. I don't like it when the babysitters fight. And also there was a lot of fucking just talk about Boston, about being in Boston. I found it very boring. Have you ever been to Boston? Yeah. It's nice. It's fine. Full of history. Yeah, it's a great, I like Boston. Lovely city. You sound like Mr. Spear right now. Have you ever walked the Freedom Trail? I don't need to after reading this book <laughs> and the like 10 page description of what walking the fucking Freedom Trail is Mr. Like. Spear does go in depth <laughs> into a lot of detail. About the sights and sounds of Boston. Yeah, this book, it felt like it was brought to you by the Boston Tourism Board. There's just an awful lot. There's even like an extended narrative about, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why why would you do that? I just thought it would be nice to have like some music on the show. Okay, great. Tanner's grabbed my guitar. So you want can you want you want to give me a little accompaniment? Give me I want give me um it's very out of tune. But um give me an E. Okay. It's like jazz. Uh there's even an extended discussion early on in this book where they're like, "Should we go to DC or Boston?" It doesn't fit in there. Oh my god. Just put it aside. Put the t- guitar aside. It's very difficult for me to concentrate on the point that I was making. This is no, nobody's gonna like hearing the, like you banging around my guitar in the background. We we went to great lengths. I'll have you know. There's another guitar back here. Yeah, I have a lot of guitars. Um. Okay, I'm done. I guess I used Boston. up. I used up my thirty seconds now. And and. Uh, the Malcolm other people, and Malcolm Jana. and Jonna, are all listening. Hey guys, uh, are we, welcome back. Jonna Beecham and Malcolm Hillgardner are these new. I think they've perpetrated one other Babysitters Club book. Okay. Do you want to try and figure out which one it was? I don't think <laughs> it matters. Oh, it's early, and I fucking brought it on. I Beecham. guess it doesn't really matter. 
Jonna and Malcolm. What? 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 Jonna and Malcolm is the pen name of Jonna Beecham. Wait, really? And Malcolm Hillgartner. So their pen name is their actual name? These two have become one person. <laughs> what? And their name is Jonna and Malcolm. But they are actually two people, and Anne lists them as two. Jonna Beecham and Malcolm Hillgartner. Okay. Since then, they have become one entity known as Jonna and Malcolm. Tanner, if what you are saying is correct, these are the most boring, and I'm sorry because I know they're listening now, the most boring and least creative writers in history. They were like, what if we merged ourselves, Jonna and Malcolm, into one entity under the pen name of Jonna and Malcolm? Yeah. Then no one will know that it's two people. It's kind of clever, Jonna and Malcolm. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not. It's not clever at all. It's a, it's like a one-to-one relationship. Baby Sitters Club. No, okay, now you stop Googling. No, I am. I'm Googling. Oh, Jesus. Tell me, quickly tell me She wrote a book. book. Jonna Beecham wrote a book called The Babysitter's Club Guide to Babysitting. Oh, so she literally wrote the book on babysitting. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I think they wrote The Secret Santa. Okay. And Mallory on Strike. Oh. That might be it. Okay. Well, there you have it. Jonna and Malcolm. Guys, welcome to, to the show. Um, what a great book you wrote. It was tons of fun. I love the Boston stuff. It felt, you know what? It felt like being on that freedom trail. I, I was saying to Tanner earlier. They've got a number of books upcoming. Okay, good. Well, I'm not excited about it. I mean, Jonna, Malcolm, <laughs> I am excited about it. But please block your ears for five seconds. Baby Nation, I'm not excited about it. <laughs> This is going to be a tough listen for Jonna and Malcolm. <laughs> um, hi, hi. Hi, hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. a podcast in which I, Jack, Jack Shepard. and Tanner. <laughs> in which I, Jack and Tanner. Yeah. Jack and Tanner. Jack and Tanner. One entity. Yep. One entity. Jack and Tanner. Talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own Princess Annabelle Matthews, Martin the Great, Stormborn and Sanctified, Stormwalker, Bats Bane, Soul Skinner. First of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Yep. My name is Tanner Greenring. This week we read a book <laughs> called Jonna Beecham <laughs> and Malcolm Malcolm Hill Gardner. Hill Gardner. Bad Babies. <laughs> I don't remember what it was called. This week we read a book called uh, Baby Nation. We've been reading a lot of Babysitters Club books through a series of accidents in our recording schedule uh, uh-huh. over the last few days. So uh, there's going to be some uh, some memory bleed. Two of them were Dawn books. Yeah, two of them we were Dawn books. We read Mystery number two. Yeah, uh, which is a Dawn book. Yeah, and this, which is a Dawn book, and it's called Dawn's Family Feud. Yeah, but surprise, surprise, Dawn and Marianne are getting along. End of episode. Did they even like each other I don't at all? Think so have they ever liked each other? I don't think so. They they don't. They claim give to each be other... best friends, but their friendship was born in fire. Like Marianne saves the day, where Don is introduced. That like, is a good point. Everyone is fighting. Yeah, and the friendship between Marianne and Don is both one of the catalysts for the fight, right? And Don becomes 
like a shield that Marianne uses to avoid making up with Christy and the other babysitters. Go figure. They never liked each other. It was always a pretense. Marianne pretended to become friends with Dawn as a way of getting back at Christy. Right. Um, so, and then she's just been keeping up this con ever since. This is what happens. Also, as- there's this unresolved feat of terrorism that Dawn pulled on Marianne that we've oh, yeah. never revisited. The ultimate gaslighting. Right. Dawn made... Marianne believed when they first moved in together that there was a literal ghost living in the secret passage. Living in the secret passage. Marianne still believes that. And Marianne still believes that. Wow. Brutal. I think they're both to blame. I know we've been talking a lot of hay about Marianne lately, being kind of a bad girl. Yeah. In Marianne's makeover, she got in a fight with everyone, and she was like, we blamed her for that. Yeah. But it kind of seems like Dawn's just as bad. Dawn is not great in this book. Nobody is. Shannon and Richard, I thought, were going to be good, but they caused some problems. Um, I guess maybe we should describe the novel first before we get into that. What? You don't, what, you don't want to do it? You don't want to describe the book? There's too much knowledge in my head. You're, oh, yeah. I'm afraid of what will happen. You. Mine is uh, somewhat pre-prepared. Your description is freeform. Okay. I read it on the plane right here. Oh, Baby Nation. Baby Nation. If there's a particular quality to our audio, oh yeah, it's because Jack and I are sitting face-to-face. Yeah. I am in Austin, Texas right now. Yeah. I came down here for to see, uh, well, to visit my friend Jack. Yeah. I couldn't stand to be apart from him for <laughs> a month. He left New York City three weeks ago. And here he is. And here I am in Austin, Texas. We came down, my wife and I came down to watch a taping of, should we say it or is it pandering? A I podcast. A, a podcast featuring some brothers. Right. Uh, a podcast featuring some brothers. <laughs> three brothers. Yep. And me. Uh, oh, wait. No. no. no sorry. <laughs> uh, which we are doing tonight, but in the meantime, we are here in Jack's beautiful Austin home. Yeah. Recording face-to-face. Yeah. Um, I guess I should give you a Texas nickname. Mm, I, I love know. it. How about Train Robber Tanner? Or Oh, that's good. Cowpoke? Cowpoke's good. Bandit? Bandit's good. What do you What do you like? You say it. Rustler. I'll, in, I'll introduce <laughs> Rustler. Yeah, because you're like rustling through the bushes. No, rustling cattle. A rustler. No, rustler. Do you rustle cattle? I've got a lot to learn, baby. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> cattle raiding. Cattle raiding is the act of stealing cattle, also known as rustling. Rustling. So just okay. call me Russ. Okay, good. Let's let's take it I'm from the top. I'm here to steal your cattle, baby nation. We're taking it from the top. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Clip Club, Club. podcast in which I, Tex, and I, Rustler, <laughs> talk about the classic novels of Princeton's own and Matthews Martin. In Australia, it's known as duffing. <laughs> in Australia, do, sh- sh- should we take it from the t- top? Yeah. <laughs> hi, hi. Hi, I, hi. And welcome to the baby, ba- ba- I can't do it. Babysitter's Club. The, the Bobby, the Bobby Sitter's Club. My club. name is Duffer. <laughs> and my name's Cobber. <laughs> any other nations we should hit? <laughs> like, any, like, we've already offended, like, the, <laughs> the middle part of America. Uh-huh. Uh, the entire California. island nation of Australia. Oh, Hank 10, bro. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, what's fresh? Welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club. My name is Weed Lord. My name's Hashpipe. Okay, now we've introed the podcast. You know who we don't alienate enough is our Canadian listeners. Well, I don't think you can alienate Canadian listeners. They would apologize to you. Hi, hi. Uh, uh, and welcome. Wait, that's Canadian? To uh, 
The oh. Babysitter's Club Club. <laughs> so- sorry, sorry. Sorry. Oh, wait. Wil- welcome. So- ah, fuck. <laughs> I don't even think that a show a show about it's a show uh, it's a show about some babysitters about and we're very sorry. Yeah, my name is Hoser. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Canadian Jack, and this is Canadian Tanner. Uh, welcome, Hosers. Hosers. All right, should we talk about this book instead yeah, of winning it because we didn't like it? Sorry, Jonna. Sorry, Malcolm. Yeah, but John and Malcolm, we, look, we're gonna level with you. We didn't love this book. It was a little boring. It was fine. I just don't like conflict. There's I don't so like it when conflict they fight. I don't like it when they fucking fight. Let's, we should fill Baby Nation in. Baby Nation, we're going to tell you what happened. It's gonna if, if it tears you apart as much as it's torn us apart, we're very sorry. Um, how about I describe the book, then you describe the book. What do you think, Captain? He's giving me the old thumbs up. A man who has recorded 66 episodes of this podcast still doesn't know that a thumbs up does not translate over audio, but we're going to move on. Uh, I'm going to describe the book. I'm going to begin now. In the houses of Spear and Schaefer, there is only one goal. Power. Joined by law and a marriage born of youthful passion, they are divided in every other way by an enmity born of ambition, mutual distrust, and blind hatred. And when Don and Jeff Schaefer find themselves in the crosshairs of the willful and mercurial Marianne Spear after an insult to her father that she cannot forgive, Their parents can only look on in despair as the family they have built up with their love is ripped apart by a tornado of spite and malice. Dawn's Family Feud. The novel. By Anne Matthews Matthews Martin. Martin. Jonna Beecham. Malcolm Hillgartner, a.k.a. Jonna Jonna and and Malcolm. Malcolm. (laughs) Uh... Good. Good. Thank you. Yeah. You know that's the first time you've ever complimented me on one of my descriptions? Ah! Uh. <laughs> you don't want to dwell on it, huh? No. You... Oh, you're oboeing. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you want me to describe what that is? Sure. Describe Ob- to Baby Nation what oboeing is. Oboeing is... It's a- not a sex thing. Yet. <laughs> it's a patented... Baby te- Nation, I can't clarify enough. It's not a sex thing. Yet. It's a patented technique that I came up with. The name Oboe was come up with by original baby boy Scott Lamb, author of our theme song. The technique was come up with by me, mm-hmm. Jack and Tanner. And it's a patented technique where you drink one beer and then Ob. you drink one water. Oh. Ob. Ob. Oh. Uh, and then you then you repeat. It's a way of not drinking too many beers. Mm. I'm, I'm oboeing. You're oboeing. Yep. Cool. I'm boboing. Yeah, Tanner's boboing. That's when you just drink a lot of beers. That's one beer, one beer. Um, how about you describe this book? Oh God, I'm stalling. <laughs> I can tell. I'm gonna put sixty seconds on this big bad clock, and then I'm gonna have you describe the book during those sixty seconds. Are you ready for that? Huh. All right. I'd like you to begin now. Jeff Schaefer, Don Schaefer's little brother, who moved to California, is coming into town for a week long visit. Uh, it's more than a week, like two weeks. Um, he comes into town. Don and Marianne can't get off school, so Richard Spear needs to like entertain him. But as we know, Richard Spear is a total nerd, uh, and Jeff is a cool sports guy. And Richard like can't throw or catch a ball, so Jeff gets bored with him. All of Jeff's friends, like the Pike triplets, like don't hang out with him anymore, and they have new friends. Um, the they all decide to go to Boston together. Um, 
And Jeff is being a real dingleberry the whole time, and everyone gets in a big fight about it because Don feels the need to defend Jeff, and Marianne feels the need to defend Mr. Spear. Meanwhile, back in Sony Brook, the Barrett mom, Mrs. Barrett, uh, is, has met a boy named Franklin DeWitt, a man uh, named Franklin DeWitt, who has four kids of his own, um, and they become a family, and that's how they became the uh, Barrett bunch. They, um, the kids of the Barrett clan and the kids of the DeWitt clan, don't get along until Claudia and, and Dawn solve time. the problem. Yeah, more in you than you thought, didn't you? I just read it yesterday on the flight here. Yeah, so it's pretty fresh. But you, you missed all the Freedom Trail stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured I'd let you take care of that. <laughs> You're a regular Mr. Spear, so I did identify more with Mr. Spear in this novel. Than normal, and no, you you're know, good at throwing up a sports ball. Oh, I'm good at throwing up a sports ball. I can throw you can a sports throw ball. Throw a sports ball. Yeah, I could catch one too. Mr. Spear like literally like goes to throw a ball and like hits himself in the back of the head and trips on his own shoelaces and falls over. It's deeply embarrassing. And trying to throw a softball. Yeah, there's this like excruciating scene where he takes Jeff to a museum and Jeff is like, "This sucked," and so Mr. Spear's like, "Well, uh, well son." Uh, maybe we can uh, t- toss the old uh, sports ball around out in the uh, uh, the garden, and he right. like goes out in his suit. Yeah, <laughs> let me ju- let me just uh, c- change into my more casual suit. <laughs> Changes into his casual suit, and like they play like the world's most excruciating game of catch, right? Which is essentially just drop. Yeah, Jeff also introduces a new sport that he imported from California. To oh yeah, Brooke. soccer. Soccer. None of the Pike kids had ever even heard of it. Yeah. They're like, do you mean baseball? And Jeff's like, no, soccer. Yeah, that was a classic bit of character writing by the entity known as Janet and Malcolm. Yeah. Out in Cali, mm-hmm. everyone plays soccer. Right. Um, and back in Stony Brook, no one's ever heard of it. Right. And that stands in for the alienation that Jeff feels. Right. Um, and Jeff, like, Jeff comes, he's like, you guys play soccer? And they're like, no, we play baseball. He's like, well, do you party? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we love parties. We had a pizza party. He's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Do you party? Do you party? Yeah. Like, yeah. who can I call? They're like, they're like, oh, shit, it's 420. We got to go home. <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, guys, <laughs> hang 10, I guess. Ooh, we can alienate our California listeners as well. We already did that. Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I was weed lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were, I think you were hang 10. I was hash pipe. Hash pipe. Yeah. The pipe you smoke hash out of or like... I don't know. It's like a skateboarding thing. I think it's skateboarding. Thing. Yeah. You hang 10 on a hash pipe. Half pipe. Half pipe. Oh, half pipe would be way better. Wait, can we do that again? Hash pipe is a pipe you smoke hashish out of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Half pipe would be so cool. Or weed lord and half pipe, I would listen to the shit out of that yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's so much better. Yeah. Ugh. We're just a couple of fucking nobodies from New York and Austin. What do you think the Bible verse is that's 420? Google's Bible verse 4 colon 20. John 420 or Mark 420? Or Proverbs? Proverbs usually works for us. I'm going to open all three. Yeah. Oh my God. Mark seems good. Okay. I'll read that last. Yeah. Proverbs 420. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Okay. Okay? Okay. John 4.20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. True. That's the New International Version. Uh, That's fine. Okay. Mark 4.20. Mm-hmm. Others, 
Like seed sown on good soil. <laughs> Hear the words, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. <laughs> it's about sowing that good seed <laughs> on good soil. Oh, man. There's well, a new King James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not get worried about that. Um, but that, that's been your little interlude. Baby Nation with uh, Weed Lord and Half Pipe talking about Mark 420. Yeah. It's about getting that good, good seed. And that good soil. Um, good. Great. We're really trying to avoid talking about this book. It wasn't even a very special episode. No, it was typical Hatfields versus McCoys. Yeah. It was Hatfields versus McCoys. This is new guy, Franklin DeWitt. Yeah. Seems handsome. Yeah. Seems cool. Yeah. He's got four kids. He's been dating Mrs. Barrett for some time. They're getting very close. Mm-hmm. Very, very close. Um, as you know, Mrs. Barrett has three kids, the impossible three. Yeah. Uh, immaculately conceived. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think they were immaculately conceived. That's well, why they're impossible. Th- no, they're impossible because they represent the Trinity. It is impossible that they were born under the circumstances they were born under. It is a miracle. Mrs. Barrett was and a-, a virgin. Right. And gave birth to three impossible children. Unlikely. That's what she says. Yeah. <laughs> well, and who are we to question her? Right. Um, but yeah, in an earlier novel, she gave birth to three impossible children. Right. And friend, uh, Mr. DeWitt's four children are also impossible because men are incapable of carrying babies to term. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, seven impossible children. Yeah, and really blew up the mythology in this one. Right. There are seven impossible children in this novel. Yeah. Um, four born of a man. Yeah. And three born of a virgin woman. Right. We know that seven is an powerful important number. A very, very powerful number, particularly in the Sitterverse. It's important to Anne. Four is a very important number to Anne as well. Right. Um, and so bringing those numbers, that numerology into this book was a very, very nice touch by uh, the entity known as Jonna and Malcolm. Um, Franklin DeWitt sounds like the name of an architect. Okay. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's that... never stated what his profession is, but it sounds like an architect's name. <laughs> it's not very interesting. This is a Franklin DeWitt building. <laughs> but is that a Franklin DeWitt? Oh, this home is so beautiful. Oh, yes, it's a Franklin DeWitt. Mm, you can tell by the escarpments. <laughs> You can tell by the porn dungeon <laughs> built deep into the earth. <laughs> That's a classic DeWitt. Um, I hope they get married. You want DeWitt and Barrett. Yeah. To get Last time we saw Mrs. Barrett yeah. was ages ago, and we had reason to believe that she was a high-priced escort. A woman about town. Yeah. A woman of the night. Absolutely no shaming to the escort industry at all, but I like to see her kind of like settling down and and finding happiness with a with a handsome architect. Yeah, it feels right. It feels right. And by the end of the book, the Dewitt brood brood and the Barretts are fast friends, getting along. Yeah, thanks to a ploy by Claudia and weirdly Shannon Kilborn. Shannon makes a play in this book in a continuity. What's the opposite of an error? Continuity success <laughs> in a huge win for continuity. <laughs> uh, the entity known as Jonna and Malcolm, right? 
early on in this book are like, uh, weirdly, Shannon Kilborn has been coming to a lot more meetings recently. Well, because Marianne and Don are both out of town in Boston. Oh, yeah. So Shannon comes in to like cover for them. Yeah, but that was established in um, the novel where Shannon and Christy kind of get into a big fight. Shannon does a, a bit of diplomacy, kind yeah. of going against her normal tearing down governments via assassination. Well, she's back on the domestic front now. She's building up America. Right. And she goes over to the Barrett household while they're taking care of all seven kids. Her and Claudia both go. Uh, and they go outside to play, and they're all fighting. The Barretts and the DeWitts hate one another. They cannot fucking stand each other. And they're all fighting, but then Claudia and Shannon, mostly Shannon, comes up with this ploy where it's like they separate the kids, and they're like, let's play all these games that require five or more players. Oh, and yeah. then when it doesn't work, they're like, well, maybe we should go ask the DeWitts. And Shannon's over with the Dits, and she's like, maybe we should go ask the Barretts. Brilliant. And they come together, and they love one another. Yeah. I think Shannon's probably pretty powerful. Like, I think she's learned a lot about the inner workings of government and communities. Yeah, that's like classic psychological manipulation. Right. That she's deploying there to get warring factions to meet on neutral territory. Right. Shannon knows what she's doing. I like having her back in the fault. Do you think there's a Shannon Kilborn standalone? God, I would like that so much. Really, don't Google it. But don't don't Google it. Don't Google it. Tanner's googling it. He's googling it. Don't Google it. I was I wanted to speculate about it with you. Shannon Kilborn solo novel. <sighs> you know what? I wrote. I fucking wrote one. I wrote one. I, I wrote one. That. And you never you never illustrated it. So I don't it remember can't that. Go out in the world. I don't think that's true. Let's see. It was called a time to Kilborn. No. No. Okay. Well, the only one in existence, Baby Nation, is one that I wrote. Tanner refuses to illustrate, so. I will never illustrate. You illustrate it. I'm not your I fucking illustration monkey. Don't know how to draw. I don't either. You do. Look how good, look how easy that excuse is to drop. Yeah. I don't know how to draw. Sorry. Um, you want to know something that was really fucking different in this book that struck me? Mm-hmm. I need you to stop looking at your computer. I was seeing if Shannon had any... She has a whole section on Archive of Our Own. We moved We moved on from that topic. I'm going to tell you something mildly interesting. Uh. What? <laughs> what happened? Tanner's making a face like he just saw something that really upset and hurt him. Uh, I clicked on the, the Archive of Our Own, which is the large fanfic Uh-oh. website i clicked on the shannon link and was reading the description for the first story and it's charged it's okay <laughs> good how about i tell you something mildly interesting mm-hmm. are you get, are you fucking ready for this it's yeah, mildly I interesting i close the link i'm back in the book, book. You, i need you Show to be notes. sitting down for this i'm sitting it's mildly interesting you keep saying that okay well i just want you to be ready uh-huh. the happy reading section mm-hmm. of this book ends with the words, happy trails. Hmm? <laughs> what do you think happened there? That's never happened. She always says happy reading. Sometimes she puts an exclamation point, and sometimes she puts a comma. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy. It's, it's uninflected. It's when it's not happy. It's like when it's a, a, like a cancer book. Happy reading. Or happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading. But today she Happy said, trails. Happy trails. This is like a cowboy term. Yeah. Do you think she knew I was going to be in Texas? Oh. <laughs> I think that's a thing cowboys say, right? Yeah, that Happy makes trails. sense. Right. She knew I was going to be here. Yeah. This is a text. She was like, I'm going to give these two a little treat. Which is maybe why she wrote a book about Jeff coming from California. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming for a visit. Coming for a visit. Are we going to go do something fun like the Boston trip? Probably, but not before having some kind of terrible fucking feud. We had a feud last night. Oh, yeah? We got home from the Adventure Zone taping. Uh-huh. We fought about whether you were a Hufflepuff or a Slytherin. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't with y- you. That was with your wife, who fucking just went for the jugular. Yeah. I, Baby Nation, not to get too into this, because uh, this is not a Harry Potter. Harry Potter is a, it's like a popular children's series. Yeah. It's uh, about a boy wizard. It's about a boy wizard. Right. Um, a lot of people have read it. It's written by a, a, a British writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the subject of this podcast, but sometimes, you know, we talk about stuff that's relevant to our lives. I have always identified as a Hufflepuff. You know what I just realized? Yes. Harry Potter was written by J.K. Simmons, who plays <laughs> Mean Man. In Mean Man, mean teaches, man teaches Drum boy Drums. to a boy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I've never pieced that together before. Wow. Yeah. That... That is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you identify as a Hufflepuff, which is well, and 100% you know, false. You know what else is true? The British titles of the Harry Potter books yeah. are Nice Wizard Teaches Magic to a Boy. Wow. See, now it all comes together. <laughs> which wizard's the nice wizard? Uh, They're all kind of mean. Dumbledore. He's mean. Okay. That's fucking controversial, but we're going to leave that there because we've already talked about Harry Potter for way too long. Um, Listen, I identify you say as that a you're Hufflepuff. A Hufflepuff but I maintain that you're a Gryffindor, but my wife came in last night and was like, no, Jack's a Slytherin. Yeah, that was fucked up. And then she did a single question quiz with you. She said, what do you value the most? Yeah. Books, hugs, leading others, or being right? Oh, and you said it's yeah. a tie between books and being right. Yeah. Which makes you... Apparently. A Slytherin or maybe a Ravenclaw. Rude. Yeah. Definitely not a Hufflepuff. There's Rude. only one true Hufflepuff in this house. Yeah, I'm the Hufflest of puffs. No, it's me, friend. <laughs> Your wife is a Ravenclaw. My wife's a Ravenclaw. You're I'm, a Gryffindor. And I'm apparently the evil ones. Yeah. Wow. Okay, good. Good Good Potter talk. Good Potter talk. Good, fun Potter talk. Happy trails. Anyway, that was the conflict we had, so now we can just go on a fun vacation. Oh, good. Well, that'll be nice. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Sharon. Sharon Porter Schaefer Schaefer Spear. Spear. Yeah. I have a note, one note about Sharon that is just, fuck you, Sharon. We are fucking done. What did she do? What did she do to you? Jack, what did she do to you? I've always been a big fan of hers. You like her sexual freedom. You like her slovenly way of being. She has a California casual attitude to life. She takes life as it comes. No, wait, she hates Tigger. Oh, is that why you got angry at her? Let me read this fucking passage to you. A section in this book uh, that we didn't talk about, the novel culminates in this family portrait. We didn't need to talk about it. Uh, oh, Hodges, Hodges captures it perfectly. Hodges captures it perfectly. So the, the cover of this novel is a very, very clever nod by Hodges. I have a question about Oboe. What? Can you drink the no. one beer at the same time as the one... Water? No, that's cheating. I can't just like drink both of these at once? No, it's one beer, one water. Okay. I'll drink the water first then. You drink the water, then you drink the beer. Um, now I'm like five layers deep and trying to talk about something. Uh, Hodges does a fucking clever nod to the portrait by making the family portrait that they take of the Schaefer Spears the cover to this novel. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of art. They're all very unhappy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they do later take a second portrait where they like kind of, it seems like they kind of make it up. Um, and, and they hang both portraits in their house, the happy portrait and the sad portrait, uh, as a, as a symbol of the fact that, um, they both hate and love each other. Right. Um, but that's not what I'm talking about. In the moment when they are taking the portrait, the following thing happens. The photographer set up his tripod and was ready to take the first photo when Marianne suddenly bolted off the couch and ran for the kitchen. Wait a minute, we forgot someone, she yelled. Who, I asked, taking a head count. There were five of us. No one's missing. Marianne returned, cuddling Tigger. Poor baby, we almost forgot you. Oh no, you don't, Mom said, stepping in front of the couch. I will not have animals in this portrait. But Tigger's part of the family, Marianne protested. He is not part of the family, Mom said stiffly. He's just a cat. If you don't allow animals in this portrait, Sharon, you may as well remove yourself from it. Yeah. Because the way you treat Tigger, a member of this family, is subhuman. Yeah, agree. Your attitude is not like any human attitude I've ever seen before. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty outrageous. It's awful. It's fucking unpleasant. Let's let let's not let Jeff in the photo then. Yeah. Sharon. Okay, Sharon. Yeah, because well, he's not really part of this family. He lives yeah. in California. Yeah, he's an under ten. He'd rather be with Disneyland Daddy. Yeah, Sharon. Let's not let Mr. Spear in this photo because he has no physical prowess. <laughs> he can't catch a fucking baseball. He can't to f- save catch his a life. Fi- baseball. Yeah. If yeah. this was the end times, he yeah. would die instantly. Yeah. Because he can't keep up. If this was Cormac McCarthy's The Road, yeah. he would be gone. And you know who would be fine? Tigger. Tigger would be fine. Tigger would be fine. Jeff Don and Don would, would be, be fine. fine. Yeah. Fuck you, Sharon. We're done. We're done. We're seriously done. Um, so that I hated that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to... Do a whole bunch, like, just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is, like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet. So it's, like, stepping in a puddle or, like, sitting on a bench that's wet. That's us. Like, that's what we do. Share this with a friend, one like, one prayer. I will follow through on the like prayer stuff, too. I will be praying all night. I would use today's sponsor, BetterHelp.com. Of course, I can't. I am evil tanner. I can only use the deep web. We do have a deep web version of BetterHelp.com. It's called WorseHelp.com. It's not good, but I think BetterHelp.com is great from everything I've heard. Convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch at any time, no additional charge. Uh, Go check it out. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. See you there. Well, not me, but have fun.
Um, do you want to talk about dolls? Yes. Did you capture anything about dolls, my man? Um, nope. But let me hit this little magnifying glass in the corner. D O L L. Enter. Uh, how about? Yep, I did capture something. No, I captured something. Okay. Because I did my homework. There are two passages about dolls. They are both related to just the... real quick. B R E A D. No, there's nothing about bread in this. Oh wait, there is. I think during one of their refrigerator play sessions, uh, something ends up in the bread drawer in this novel. <laughs> Look, why don't you finish getting ready, and I'll pack the lunch, Mallory suggested. What are you going to make? Sandwiches, but I don't know what Franklin's children like to eat. What if I guess wrong? Do what my mom does, Mallory said. Pack a loaf of bread. What? Peanut butter, jelly, and slices of cheese and ham. Then everyone can make their own. This is an allusion yeah. to the Bible. Oh, a man cannot live by no. bread alone? Mallory brings one loaf of bread and feeds the multitude the multitude the impossible children yeah okay that's that's good because you know what's interesting is she she doesn't say pack a knife Mm -mm. she says pack one fish and one loaf of bread yeah and i will feed the multitudes (laughs) yeah that's a direct quote right yeah do what my mom does right pack one fish and one loaf of bread and thou shalt feed the multitudes right that's pretty I, important. I did not fucking pick up on that when I was reading that. The there is time. some refrigerator play bread stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. She does leave uh, hedge clippers in the bread drawer. How do you do says, that? How does that? Just be, guys, be careful. Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Spear, I think you guys should, probably shouldn't be doing hedge clippers. Yeah, be fucking careful. That's dangerous. I want you guys to live your truth, and I want you to, like, be, express yourself sexually. Yeah. But I don't think you should be bringing in, like, sharp lawn gear yeah or bread which in this universe is very powerful right whatever you need that bread it can't be tainted with your sex (laughs) we need it to feed the multitudes (laughs) you got dolls i got dolls let me read you a passage about dolls it's related to these children these impossible children there are two passages the first goes as follows buddy barrett was sitting cross-legged on the top step of the front porch when mallory arrived to babysit he stared down at the ground his chin in his hands Susie sat slumped next to him, clutching a doll. Hey, buddy. Hey, Susie, Mallory said as she trotted up their front walk. What's the matter? Buddy's head swiveled all the way around, 360 degrees. He doesn't say that. (laughs) As he looked at Mallory with his cold, dead eyes, he intoned in a monotone. We're waiting for them. Fucking chilling. Hey, buddy, Mallory said as she trotted up the front walk. What's the matter? Buddy shrugged. We're waiting for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you read it like that. Them? You mean the DeWitt children? Buddy (laughs) nodded. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you can put words in (laughs) Jonna M. Malcolm's. He just says that Collective mouth. Okay. (laughs) All right, fine. Let me give you another one then. The kids are in the living room waiting for you. Don't let them eat or drink or go outside. They're wearing their best outfits, said Mrs. Barrett. I found the children on the couch looking like tiny dolls. You don't want to make up. No, that's what it says. I that's found what it the says. Children. I thought maybe you were going to go. Their eyes had turned yeah. into glassy orbs and their skin was porcelain white. Look, I'm sorry I read the subtext before. But there is something going on with these fucking children. Like these impossible children... 
somehow have both become dolls right. and are waiting. They're waiting for them. He says they're, we're waiting for them. The entity known as Jonna and Malcolm then tries to cover over it by saying, like, th- them probably refers to the DeWitt children, which, by the way, is something that Mallory interpolates. She's like, is it the DeWitt children? He doesn't say anything. He just nods. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the second passage you read, I found the children sitting on the couch looking like tiny dolls. They were like tiny dolls because right. Mrs. Barrett forbade them from moving. She said, I'm going to put you in these doll clothes. You sit on the couch and you do not move. Yeah, what the fuck is that? And they need to sit there perfectly still. Maybe she's trying to trick Franklin into thinking they're dolls. Oh, wow. That's what he wants. Franklin's like, you're a mom, right? And she's like, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> just got these dolls. I just have these child-sized, life-sized <laughs> dolls that I keep in the living room. Which in Stony Brook would pass, right? right? And Franklin's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, you know the like the dolls that have kind of quietly infested Stony Brook since uh, its founding? Right. That we never really talk about except obliquely. Right. I uh, I have some of them in the, in the house, but I am I'm not a I'm not a mother of children, so no. our family wouldn't be too large if we got together like the Brady Bunch. Right. I mean, like a um like <laughs> like uh, a man with four ch- children and a woman with <laughs> with no children, no children and several dolls. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to getting out of this house because it is infested with dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I, th- I think we fucking cracked it. Eventually, one of the kids almost pees their pants because they're so afraid of moving from the couch. And Mrs. Barrett has to like begrudgingly be like, "Fine, Mrs. Barrett, should you have... can move because I don't feel like touching your pee." She should have her children taken away from her. I think she's a good mom. She's a good mom. She loves her kids. She loves the kids. Yeah, but she is. She did require Dawn to teach her how to be a good mom. Yeah. In the book Dawn and the Impossible Three. We've talked more about Dawn and the Impossible Three <laughs> this episode oh, than man. we have Dawn's family feud. They fight and they go to Boston. They go to Boston. Here's some of the things they see. The Freedom, Freedom Trail. Trail. Oh, they Paul go to the Muse House. This is a um, uh, modern lovers song. They go to the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. They're trying to decide at some point whether they want to go to Washington, D.C. or Boston. Uh I don't know, Jeff said. Oh, yeah. Washington's got all the cool monuments in the Aerospace Museum, but Boston has that neat old ship. This is a good passage. Because <laughs> Mr. Spear is such a fucking nerd. Old Ironsides? Richard said <laughs> over his shoulder. The oldest commissioned warship in the world? It also has the Franklin Park Zoo, trolley rides, and whale watching, Mom added. Whales? I love whales, Jeff cried. But Washington, D.C. has the Smithsonian Institution, Marianne pointed out. <laughs> which is one of the all-time great museums. That's true, Richard said. If we went to Washington, we could probably watch the Senate in action. <laughs> Baby Nation, that's his whole fucking novel, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like tourism for both Washington, D.C. and Boston. Like, they double-booked their, like, product placement ad booking. Oh, like for they this... oversold their inventory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, fuck, we have to talk up both Washington, D.C. and Boston. And all Richard can come up with is like, we'll sit down on a Senate hearing. Yeah, and the Freedom Trail people were like, look, this seems fine. Like, you've got most of our stuff in there. The one thing that uh, the media buyer really won't say no to is like, during the happy reading section, can you say happy Freedom Trails instead? (laughs) And there was this like long negotiation where Anne was eventually like, all right, what about happy trails? I'm not going to compromise. Happy Freedom Trails doesn't make any sense. And they're like, we won't budge on it. <laughs> Look, we, this is really important to us. We, everybody loves the happy reading section. This is one of our tent poles. Yeah. 
we need we really want to try to make happy freedom trails happen the freedom trail was not happy though <laughs> mr mr spear talks about a lot of different massacres oh yeah <laughs> no wonder everyone was so fucking bummed out on that trip yeah it was a bad vacation baby Nation. it was a, not a good vacation it's because mr spear kept talking about all the people that died yeah in 1775 yeah it's grim um I want to ask you a question. Ah, did you, Tanner, this week have a... <laughs> Our wives are both happy. Not anymore. Um, I loved being here and doing that with you in person. Mm-hmm. Baby Nation, recording over Skype is fine. It works mm-hmm. fine. It's great. Except the one thing is, it's impossible to sync up our burns of the week. Yeah. It's impossible to hit the bu- bu- buzz and the burn of the week at the same time. Yeah. But it felt good to be here and doing it in person. Yeah, it felt great. Yeah, I've got a couple. Okay. Hit me. I've got a classic burn, which is just like a really good insult. Mm-hmm. But then I've got a moment that I really loved. Okay. It was not a burn of the week, but it was just like very good uh, like horseplay. Okay. Which would you rather hear? Uh, I want to hear some horseplay first. Okay, the horseplay is good. Okay. <laughs> Five-year-old Susie Barrett and her sister Marnie were sitting in a cardboard box on the Barrett's front porch when I arrived to babysit on Saturday afternoon. Hi, Don, Susie called. Look at me. I'm the bus driver. At that moment, the front door flew open and outraced Susie's eight-year-old brother, Buddy. He grabbed the cardboard box and started dragging it across the porch. Hey, Don, guess what I am? I shrugged. I give up. I'm the tow truck. This bus broke down. <laughs> That's good. He's just like, he's having none of it. He sees his sisters are having fun, yeah. and he just has to ruin it. Well, what I like about it, is it good improv? <laughs> he's not like, no, we're playing G.I. Joe's. Right. He's no, like, no, no. okay, you're a bus driver? Guess what? I'm a fucking tow truck. <laughs> your bus broke down. Yeah. That's very good. Let's hear your burn of the week, because it might be the my actual... Classic burn. Um, hey, I got it. Jeff snapped his fingers. Let's call room service and order something gross like brains and eggs and have them deliver it to Marianne. <laughs> like, this is how bad this feud gets. I hated to admit it, but Jeff was sounding just a little bit childish. I tried to discourage him. Marianne would know it was us. We need to think of a really creative way to get her. How about shoving her on a bus to China? I don't think buses go there, I pointed out. You need to take a boat. <laughs> <laughs> She's into the idea, but she yeah. needs to like kind of get to the bottom of the logistics. Yeah, rude. Rude. Uh, my second burn of the week is the shirt that Dawn is wearing. Okay. Uh, she writes a letter back uh, to Mallory. We're going whale watching today. I can't wait. Of course, Marianne isn't going. She says she'll get seasick. I'm sure. She and Richard are going to spend the day at museums. Yawn. I'm wearing a Save the Whales button and my The Earth, Save It or Leave It sweatshirt. Nice. That's a burn of the week That's on you assholes who are destroying our fucking environment. Right. Looking at you. Yeah. Politician's no. name. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy McGill. Uh-huh. Holding up a snowball in Congress to fucking <laughs> deny that global warming is happening. Hey, Stacy. The Earth, save it or fucking literally leave it. Yeah, just leave it. Just get off of it. Yeah. The Earth, get off of it. Go to space. Go into space. Just die. Whew. 
Here's my second bird of the week. Okay. <laughs> Man, we, we each got two in there. That's good. I think the portrait should be taken in the yard, Marshall Gaines was saying. That big tree provides the perfect backdrop. I really want to pose on the front porch, Mom said stubbornly. I've always wanted the front porch. Why does it have to be outside, Richard cut in. Why can't we have a formal photo in the living room in front of the fireplace? Oh, Richard, Mom rolled her eyes. That's so dull. Dull? Dull? <laughs> Richard sputtered. I'd say it's elegant. Much better than a family of hillbillies out on the porch. <laughs> I love the, uh, the idea that in his mind, going out onto the porch <laughs> already makes you like trash just, people. Just take off our shirts and put on uh, overalls <laughs> and straw hats and join a, a jug band <laughs> while we're at it. Marshall. <laughs> Good. A lot of good burns. A lot of good burns. Jonna and Malcolm. Good job. Did you... <gasps> Wait. Wait. What? Did you have a tearful moment? <gasps> <laughs> tearful moment. That was bad. I didn't. I kind of like lost the script there for a little while. I just asked it, and then I went into the thing, and I did like a, a breathe in really sharply. <laughs> really threw me off. I know. And it's like I did. There wasn't even a segue. <laughs> fucking segue i just asked it you want to know whether do you want to have do you did you have a do you want to have a, did you have a terrible moment <laughs> <laughs> i did but i don't remember i'm looking it up um shall i just read it i don't know what it's gonna be yeah <laughs> okay this is gonna be as much of a surprise to me as it is to you i, I have wrote a very down. very good terrible moment. okay here's mine i'll try to read it in because i don't know what it's gonna be just in case it ends up being sad i'll read it in a very sad and emotional and overwrought Perfect. I'll layer in some music. Great. When Franklin and Mrs. Barrett pulled into the driveway, half an hour later, they were greeted by seven grim faces. Oh no, Mrs. Barrett muttered as she leapt out of the car and hurried to the children. Kids, is anything the matter? Yes, they shouted. Okay, Franklin said with a resigned sigh. What is it? We're hungry, Buddy said with a huge grin. Then, to Franklin and Mrs. Barrett's surprise, he draped one arm over Lindsay's shoulder and asked, What's for dinner? Franklin and Mrs. Barrett turned to each other amazed, but before they could say a single word, they were surrounded by seven happy, giggling kids. Beautiful. That it, that was, it was beautiful. It actually made me tear up a little. Their family ended up loving each other. They're two families. The impossible family. The impossible fucking family. Yeah. These four children born of a human man Uh and three living dolls. Mm -hmm. Immaculately conceived. Immaculately conceived by a virgin woman. Somehow managed to find each other and set aside their differences and become friends. And in the process of becoming friends, they realized that they were family. Beautiful. Mine's going to blow you out of them. Fucking God damn it. water. Okay, fine. Do you want to hear my tearful moment? Yeah, I fucking do. My tearful moment is from Baby B. Uh, Beth Ann. Okay. Well, f- first of all, cheating because it's not in this book. We got an email. If you want to email us, it's Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com. F- f- please email us. Jack will correspond with you. I won't because I don't check it. I use email because I'm old. Yep. If you want to correspond with Tanner, Twitter. Use it. Use it. Just snap, Snapchat, snap him, snap Facebook him. Facebook or Twitter. But if you want to correspond with Jack, 
Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com. We got this beautiful email from baby B Beth Ann, who has given us my tearful moment for the week. When I was a kid, my dad worked 12 plus hours a day, seven days a week as a carpenter. Hmm. While we're on the topic of oh, just like Joseph. the Bible and... Was Joseph a carpenter too? Yeah. Okay. Pretty suspicious Beth Ann so far, but when I was a kid, my dad worked 12 plus hours a day, seven days a week as a carpenter. He was constantly exhausted, but always made it a priority to be home in time for story time with me and my sister. It was our sacred time with him, and we looked forward to it every night. He read us whatever we wanted, which eventually included a ridiculous amount of BSC and Little Sisters books. We, of course, didn't understand how painful these were for a 30-something dad to read aloud, but he did it anyway and never complained. Recently, dad's been going through a rough time. He fell very ill and has not been able to work for over a year. Needless to say, it's been hard to get him to smile or laugh when I visit. I make the four-hour drive to see him as often as I can, but it's been getting harder and harder to make the trip because he's so depressed. Last week, I shared episode one of the BSCC with him. I am not exaggerating when I say that it was the first time I heard him laugh, like a real belly laugh in over a year. We then had the best visit we've had in a long time, laughing and discussing the intricacies of Priestess Anne M. Martin's work. Priestess is not an honorific we've ever given, Anne. It feels good, though. But it feels good. (laughs) Dad's not a tech-savvy guy. I'm not sure he even knows what a podcast is, but he's requested that the next time I'm in town, I get him hooked up with the BSCC so he can listen when I'm not around. That's from Baby B. Beth Ann, and that's my tearful moment. And it's fucking lovely, and you ruined my tearful moment by saying something that was genuinely moving. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Beth Ann, for emailing that in. Yeah. Babysitter's Club, bringing people together. Bringing fathers and children together. Yeah. And it's keeping us together. Here in Austin, Texas. Here in Austin, What's up, Texas. Austin? Woo. Hey, Austin, Texas. Greatest city in America. Now all of our Austin fans are like, yeah. Do you think there's any baby bees in Austin? I fucking hope so. Baby bees in Austin. We'll be at a bar in an hour. Probably Butterfly Bar. Yeah. Meet us there. And that was... Two to three weeks ago. Right. Happy happy trails. Happy trails. <laughs> um, Tanner, should we get the fuck out of here? Oh, yes. We're going to go meet our friend Summer for yeah. some Rita's. Baby Nation. Yeah. Tweet us and let us know what the best abbreviation for Rita's is, whether it's Marg's, Garit's, or Rita's. Yeah. I'm firmly in the Rita's camp. I like Garit's. I do like Garit's. Yeah. Um, let me just look through my, my notes because we're wrapping up here. Um, Jeff collects barf bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a cool thing to collect. That's a cool thing to collect. That's a true fact about Don's brother, Jeff, Baby Nation. He collects barf bags from airplanes. Barf bags have become so um, ubiquitous. Yeah. That like I was literally – I read this entire book on the flight here. Yeah. And was like reading about Jeff collecting barf bags. And I was like, man, I haven't seen a barf bag in a plane in like 20 years. Yeah. And I looked down and there was a barf bag. And I was oh, like, really? I think they're just always there. Huh. And I just never noticed them. Yeah. I just assumed that it was like an anachronism. But why would it be? Like planes haven't got any less barfy. Yeah. Jamie got a little ill on the plane right here. Oh, wow. I'm sure so. she'll love having you talk about that. Okay. On our hit podcast. She also got ill at dinner last night. Oh, yeah, she did get ill at dinner last night. She gets ill a lot. She's not pregnant. Oh, yeah, she's not pregnant. She would want us to tell you that. She's not pregnant. And I believe that she's not pregnant. Right. Because, you know, why would you deny that? I don't think we've told Baby Nation. We haven't. (laughs) Someone? 
Well, here's what we'll say. Yeah. Someone is. Someone is pregnant, Baby yeah. Nation? Yeah. And it's not my wife, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it might be you. Franklin DeWitt can give birth to children. Yeah. Might be me. Yeah, it could be you. Um, But you know what, Tanner? Um, That was good barf bag talk. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to, to leave, to go, to get out of here. Let's go grab some greets. Good. Baby Nation, thank you for coming on this journey with us today. It's been a real pleasure. This week we read a book that was called Dawn's Family Feud by the entity known as Jonna and Malcolm. Mm. Next week, we're reading a book that I'm pretty excited about. It's called Stacy's Big Crush. Ooh, do you think she gets crushed? I think she gets crushed. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> I just want to stop reading Stacy books. <laughs> I think that's how it happens. We've been wondering. Anne's been kind of hinting at killing off a major character for a while. Right. Uh, we didn't know who it was going to be. We were worried that it was going to be our precious Dawn. Right. We didn't know uh, how it was going to happen. But <laughs> sounds like it's crushing. Sounds like uh, it's gonna it's gonna be sad. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like Superman, but I was devastated when he died at funeral for a friend, 1992. Spoiler. Well, I mean, it's called the death of Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but he came back. Yeah. Okay. He was reborn. You think Stacy will be back? I think so. I think the Babysitters Club continuity follows comic book continuity, where it's like heroes die all the time. Okay. But also like come back all the time. Yeah, the scholastic lawyers are just going to be like, and uh, there's a lot of outcry that you had Stacy crushed in a garbage truck incident. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't like that because they identified with and like Stacy. Hard to believe. Hard but, to believe. <laughs> like, is there any way you can kind of retcon her back into the right. into the franchise? Sure. Uh, it turns out that when Stacy died and we gave her that burial at in space <laughs> we loaded her into the torpedo tube yeah and shot her body into space yeah we accidentally shot her body onto a planet that had been seeded by the genesis bomb oh and her dna kind of got caught up with the genesis bomb dna and she's hyper accelerated her growth stronger than ever and there's like a, a really moving scene where she's the only person on this planet just like completely lonely and right. she's like running around, like just telling like squirrels that yeah. like she's from New York yeah. and like, oh, I grew up in New York right, and I have exactly. diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the Genesis bomb, when it regenerates Stacy, will also regenerate her diabetes? Oh, I well, let's hope not <laughs> for her sake. <laughs> but that's a big one coming up. That's, yeah. That's it's something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, Baby Nation, this week, I have been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Greenring. This week. Uh, I have been Tanner and Jack. God, it doesn't work the other way, huh? What do you think, Jack and Tanner is better? Jack and Tanner. All right, let's say it together. Conceivably, a last name. Let's say it together. And this time, we now you're now you're about to learn why it's important to do parallel construction. Mm. We say it together, and we start with this week. Ready? This week, I have been no together. Jack and Tanner. This week. This week. This week. I have been. We say it together. Jack and Tanner. We say it together. Mm. Ready? This week... I've been Jack and Tanner. Ugh. This week, we're reading... No. This week, I've this been week, Jack and Tanner. Say it with I've me. I've been reading... This The Babysitter's week, Club Club. I have been... Anna Martin. Jack and Tanner. I've been... An- <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Baby Nation, Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks... 
you would think that boys had just been invented. Hello and welcome to Mike Check, the hit podcast in which I, Mike Shepard, I, Tanner, Check. No, okay, fine. I, Mike Shepard, and my co-host, Tanner Check. Tanner Check. Actually, that is good. Check in on our favorite mics. Hey, Tanner. Yeah. What's um, Mike Wazowski? Mike Wachowski. The, of the Wachowski brothers? No, of um, Monsters, Inc. He's the little green guy with a big eye. What's he up to? He's a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to Google Mike. No, don't Google Mike. I th- I feel like if you have a fucking show that's called Mike Check, you better be able to come up with a mic without fucking Googling it. Okay, I've got my mic. Okay, well, what's your mic? My mic is Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park. He was the one... <laughs> He was the one who did the rapping, not the screaming. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Here's what Mike Shinoda's up to these days. What? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it seems like Linkin Park's doing well. They were just on Good Morning America. I think they just released a new album. Should I play a little of it now? No. Yes. No. Yes. Just a little bit. Okay, you ready? Uh Uh-huh. This week, we're going to be discussing uh, Mike Shinoda's uh, post-Lincoln Park career. Uh, We're also going to be talking about who your favorite Mike in R.E.M. is, Mike Mills or Michael Stipe. Tanner, do you have uh, an opinion on that? Michael Stipe, obviously. (laughs) Great. Let's shut that one right down. Who's yours? Also Michael Stipe? I would say Mike Mills. And now, for your audio pleasure, the latest track from Mike Wachowski's Mike Shinoda's Lincoln Park. Here it is. Yeah, it's good. Oh man, they cut out his rap part. Is there a chance Mike Shinoda is not on this track? (laughs) One time, I don't know why. It doesn't matter how hard I try. Keep that in mind. I designed this rhyme to explain in due time. Oh, he is. Thank God. Yeah. All right, that was Mike Check, ladies and gentlemen. That was a very long one. That was a headgum podcast.